Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. We are glad you can join us today. Our guest this evening is the co-founder of Collector Part Exchange, the first online marketplace designed exclusively for collector vehicle parts. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive, the next generation in car care. Locally owned, professionally operated, whatever you drive, we service. Domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, and diesel. Springdale's classic car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. With five convenient neighborhood locations, how may we be of service? I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is Eric Benzel. Today we welcome Chris Bright, who has worked in high-tech startups for over 25 years. Chris has a master's in international affairs and enjoyed most of his high school and college days spending time to see IndyCars, IMSA, as well as Watkins Glen and Pocono Raceways. Chris currently resides in Portland, Oregon, and is a huge Alfa Romeo enthusiast. And Chris, we welcome you to the show. Well, it's great to be here, Jason and Eric. Well, we are certainly delighted to have you. I know you traveled today, and uh, so we uh, we know you're tired, but we're very, very uh, delighted to have you here on our show tonight. So thank you for your time, for sure. Well, sure. This is this is way more fun than sitting in the airport. So, <laughs> I got you. Uh, I've been looking for – this has been pulling me through the day, so, oh, so good. I'm happy to be here. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's kind of you to say that. And we can tell you that uh, since we since our time difference is three hours, three hours from now, you're still going to be tired, but you're going to have a good, you're going to reflect on the show in a good time. Now, I better be in bed. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. No doubt. So, so, so Chris, where do you call home? And is this your first startup? Is CPX your first startup? Sure. Yeah. I'm out here in Portland, Oregon, but I, I'm originally from the East coast mm-hmm. and, uh, but I moved out here in 93. So I've been here. I, I call myself a green card Oregonian. Uh, so <laughs> okay. uh, I've, been, I've been here long enough to have full residency, but you know, I can't claim I'm a native. And, but um, yeah, I, I've been out here. And um, when I moved out, I ended up getting involved in the startup community here and it's specifically tech startups in various capacities. And it's always been a passion of mine in addition to cars. So uh, this is not my first uh, startup. I most recently was a co-founder of a, uh, an exciting product called uh, Legal Hold Pro, which uh, is for, for companies to manage their legal software in, while, okay. uh, in their litigation. So I know it doesn't sound exciting, but it's actually quite interesting. I you're dealing you. with you're dealing with fun people and mm-hmm. anytime you're building a business to me, you know, it, entrepreneurs and startup people, uh, there's such a different energy and motivation. Um, and, and, and it's really a creative endeavor, e- even though you might not think of it that it, that way. But mm-hmm. um, I was at a lecture with uh, that Phil Knight who founded Nike, one of our local hits out here mm-hmm. in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he was going, you know, I have friends who paint and, friends who write music and perform and and people ask me what my you know how I express my creativity and goes you know what business is my creativity and and I always like took uh took uh heart from that because that's how I think of it too you're always solving problems and trying to create new ideas right. new things to do right. and and um, you know I I founded this company that co-founded the last company I was at in 2008 and we got it started right about three weeks before the uh, the Great Recession started, ah, okay. and then uh, I, I left there in November of 2019. And one of my executives at the company was also 
we had gotten acquired. So when you get acquired, things start getting less fun. Mm -hmm. And so I decided it was time to split off and do something else. And one of my, my friends at work was also thinking the same thing. I said, Hey, I'm going to start up a company. Why don't you come along? And that's my business partner, Aaron. And we sat around and, and just were brainstorming different ideas. We had no limits or rules on what we wanted to do. And at one point in the conversation, I said, you know, I've been in the car hobby for a long time and there's these things called SWAT meets and Aaron's a, more of a motorcycle guy and he wasn't really familiar with that. So I, I explained what they're about right. and, and he's like, and I go, there has got to be a better way to, to find these parts and to connect people. And, you know, it feels like one of those uh, holdouts that hasn't quite, you know, gotten into the internet age and, and we started researching it and, you know, that might be an overstatement, but I would say this, when you look at things like bring a trailer or, you know, all the different auction sites that are available for selling cars, there are tons of them and it's a pretty developed process now. People are used to it and that's how most cars sell nowadays is online, right. but with, with parts it's so hard to find parts and you spend so much time searching for things and and finding the exact item that you're looking for and you know some some guy in north carolina probably has it has three of them sitting in the back of his garage but you have no way of <laughs> right. finding him right so right. so the whole idea was hey why don't we create a big online swap meet kind of idea and that's that was essentially the inspiration for collector part exchange gotcha gotcha now, of course, when you're going to be starting a startup about this, and you kind of started alluding to it a little bit there, how did the car bug bite you? Because I know you've been doing this stuff for a while, and you're telling Aaron about it. How did it bite you? And how old were you when you when it when you know cars just went? I love this. Gosh, <laughs> it, you know, it, there there is not a point in my life, literally, that I can think of where I wasn't somehow enamored by cars. I, I whenever I could get in whether it was a big wheel or a tricycle or i had a little pedal tracker whenever i could be driving something i was happy that was like my my moments of bliss that i think of when i was a kid <laughs> right. and and for me uh, the indy 500 was like a national holiday i got as excited about that as i did for christmas and you know i'm a child of the 60s so Back in the day, we had four TV stations. I lived in a rural area, and, and only two of them you got well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of them was ABC Wide World of Sports. And mm -hmm. so the Indy 500 was on there with Jim McKay oh, and oh, yeah. all those guys. Sure. Jackie Stewart was uh, commentating on it when I was getting in there. And, um, you know, whenever there was a car race, I was watching it and paying attention to it. And then as I got a little older, I ended up getting more I, I wasn't born into a car family i know a lot of people get into this by their dad did it or their grandpa or they had a garage or something or other and i wasn't one of those people i didn't have the facilities or garage we never had a garage that you could even park in mm -hmm. um so um and we didn't work on our own cars but i just became enamored with cars and and really paid attention to them in movies you know james bond movies oh, sure right <laughs> smoky and the bandit right. you know we'll watch those camaros <laughs> and rockford filed camaros oh yeah and stuff right, like right. That. and um and so i was always paying attention but then i, I remember very distinctly going to see um cannonball run oh, and in the first yeah. like three minutes there's this opening sequence with a lamborghini countach ripping yep. down some nevada highway yep and <laughs> and 
I, I even as I'm describing it, I have chills forming on my my skin because like it it was looking at it and I'd never seen a car anywhere remotely like that. But what I remember the most is the sound, like hat, mm-hmm. that the that V12 screaming along it sure. at high high revs, like it it's was <laughs> one of the most beautiful pieces of music I'd ever heard. And from then on, it was just game on, and I started i remember getting you know starting to buy road and track and paying attention to all that stuff and then once i had the ability to drive i would go to car shows and my brother and i my brother also shared uh, a a passion for car racing so Mm -hmm. we would um living on the east coast we would drive i I remember going to see indy car races when it was mario andretti and, and the cart people up in new york city at the meadowlands arena and going to watkins Glen and summit point raceway at the pocono 500 and watching indy cars and stock cars and oh, every yeah. every kind of car i could go see so right. um yeah i just spent my my youth kind of be, being a little gypsy to car races on the east coast and you know, that was in the day where you could just walk into any old pit and talk to anybody right. at any time. You know, you'd go to an IndyCar race and you'd be standing next to Mario. He'd be like right there and you could That's talk awesome. to him. Um, so, you know, to, to me, I, I wish I, you know, kind of yearned for a little of that simplicity. But, oh, sure. um, yeah. Well, so, well, well, I think I also read, and just like most of the guys and gals that have been on this uh, podcast, uh, you know, you, you probably had a real handsome um car uh, hot wheel matchbox car collection uh that i still have my i was born in the early 70s and so uh, growing up in the 70s uh, and 80s i had you know hot wheels matchbox uh you know uh, remote control cars that i still have mm-hmm. from back in the <laughs> back in the day and so so everything you're saying especially the movies you know we talk about the dukes of hazard and the general lee and then you got herbie the love bug and you know I, i'm looking at my wall right. right now and i see the cannonball run um, um the, the, the the box for the dvd i'm pointing yeah, to it right, right now right, it's right exactly. up there i'm looking at <laughs> so, it so so, so so i know exactly you're my people you're you're, 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 exactly. you are us chris yeah. you're talking about all of our influences together yeah, and if right. this is great. It, it, the the fact you didn't say Magnum PI, it's there. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah, the 308. The 308. GTS. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah, there. that's right. Uh. Yeah, I, that was that was always one that kind of like came up. But you know, I, I have to say, one of my favorites out of all those were the like the Lotus Esprit from. I can't remember which um, two Bond, Bond movie it was. The the one the the submarine the submarine. Uh-huh. One, yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, the spy, to kill that, or the spy, something spy. Uh, for yeah, your eyes only, yeah. is the maroon one, and well, maybe it's for your eyes only is one of them. Yeah, and then there's I, the other one, and it had the word spy in it. I, I don't remember. Yeah, right. well, well, yes. yeah. Um, Anyhow, <laughs> no, no. you know, you, you kind of see them in pop culture, and then it, you're exactly right. I had whenever we went to the city, which you know, I have to say, I was. It, it was an hour to anything that was you would even remotely think of calling a city where I lived. Um, we always got a treat and we could go to the back of the department store or whatever. And my brother and I would each get one matchbox car yep. or hot wheels car. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and yeah, we we definitely accumulated a, a quite a nice collection. <laughs> there and, you go. And and we we'd had that nice orange track that you'd make up yep. and get all the the Hot Wheels track and have races and all sorts of stuff. Oh, absolutely. I remember those orange <laughs> tracks very well. <laughs> that's awesome. They're probably still in an attic somewhere. Oh, I, I, yeah, that, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, so so real quick, uh, before we talk more about Collector Part Exchange, uh, I know you're an Alfa Romeo enthusiast. So we got to know, what do you have in your collection? Sure. Um, my daily driver, um, because I work from home, I don't really drive daily, mm-hmm. but uh, my my main car is a 1974 Alfa Romeo Giulia oh Super 1.3. Nice. So okay. it's 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 a really cool car. I just wrote a, a love letter to it on my blog the other week. <laughs> nice, <'cause... laughs> sorry. Right, right. It's a nice fixer-upper. I'm kidding. <laughs> the local car club had a has a tour just for Giulia Supers, and, mm-hmm. and I went out on it. And my co-pilot was uh, – somebody who's pretty well known in this hobby, Keith Martin. Uh, he's, cool. a, he's a good friend of mine. So he was my passenger and we, we were just having a blast and, and it's got 88 horsepower or something stupid, you know, but you know, and, and one of the things that we talked about is you can have to me that that car is almost the most fun of all my cars to drive mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can, you feel like you really need to drive it and work it even if you're, not even going the speed limit right you know it's like so many of these cars that people have nowadays it's like yeah well you can use uh 700 horsepower in real life never (laughs) right Mm -hmm. (laughs) or or if so it's a very short distance right (laughs) yeah exactly accelerating onto the highway for 1.7 seconds good okay good that that's kind of fun yeah so um you know uh, so that's my main one and then um a a while back i picked up a, a 1989 uh ferrari 348 oh wow okay um so that's kind of like my modern car gotcha. and, okay. um, and I recently, for, for a while, I've been working on a project which hasn't totally come to fruition, but is close. And that is, I had a car built in Argentina. Mm-hmm. That's a, a recreation of a 1956 Maserati sports race car, a 300 wow. S nice. and it's, it, cause I'm just enamored with the Mille Amelia and mm-hmm. kind of those old, um, fifties racers. Mm-hmm. Cause at, first of all, I think, you know, if I have to pick, uh, what I think is the most beautiful era of cars, I would have to say those fifties sports cars are top of the line. The Ferraris, right. the Maseratis, oh, yeah. right. the launches, yep. the Aston Martins, the Jaguars, you mm-hmm. know, you name it. Those are kind of the cars you think of when you think of like, you know, speed racer and all those sorts of things. Right. And um, so it, it wasn't, it, I didn't really intend to set off on this project, but it kind of happened. And, and it's been a real journey. I had it built by this guy down in Argentina named Nestor Salerno. And he, he's an old timer and he mm-hmm. actually raced in the fifties. So he's, he's pushing 90 now. And he Is raced in the fifties right? with Sterling Moss and Fangio oh, and wow. all of, all of the, the, the Carol Shelby, all these guys oh, that, gosh. uh, you know, are just legends yeah. of the sport. Oh, like, I, yes. and, uh, and I found him and he said, and, he said, well, I can build you a car. And I go, let's do it. So so I started it uh, quite a few years ago. And it's just COVID messed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there's just been, you know, it seems like it's one of those things that you, you're you on the journey and you kind of hope that 
the whole thing is worth it in the end because it just seems to be this never-ending uh, obstacle course. Uh, you know, you've got to – it's like a, those American Ninja Warrior obstacle courses you know you've gotta <laughs> oops i gotta i gotta i gotta take some monkey bars over a pool and now i gotta climb a wall with my fingertips <laughs> right. you know it's just like every every step of the way there's some barrier trying to kill you the floor is lava yeah, the floor is lava <laughs> exactly right. oh man so i have three fun cars although i think uh the um the Ferrari is actually, I'm moving it on. It's going to be on bring a trailer beer short. Oh, is that but, right? Um, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, didn't Enzo Ferrari work for Alfa Romeo? That's how he got his uh, start, right? Am I thinking right? You're exactly right. Okay. You're exactly right. Yep. See, my, my love for Alfa Romeo actually really, I, ever since I could have a, a, had enough means to have an interesting car, I've had an interesting car. I mm-hmm. remember, um, you know, I, I, I had some beater car for a while and then, it was time to get rid of it. And I was like, Oh, well, I should think about like a Honda civic or something like that. And I was looking at pricing those out. And then I said, how much is a 928 Porsche? And, uh, and I said, Oh, it's cheaper than a Honda civic. I'll get a Porsche 928. <laughs> and, uh, and that's exactly what I did. And that was my daily driver for 15 years. Gotcha. I put like almost 200,000 miles on that thing. And it was flawless. It was, it's probably the best car I've ever owned. I'll be darned. And you see, By some people mile. might think a 928 over a Honda Civic, and Jason and I are looking at each other going, oh, I mean, that's obvious choice. I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, I, I will state um, uh, I don't have kids. Uh, you know, I have a lifestyle that kind of uh, makes it, it allows me to have a bit more freedom than maybe an average person. Uh, 920 has a back seat. It's a perfect family car. I have to tell you. So my other hobby outside of cars is uh, I race bicycles and I could get two full bicycles, wheels and all in the back of the Porsche 928 when I put the seat down. No problem. It was Mm. easy. It wasn't even like hard to do. I got you. Well, did you did you see on Barrett Jackson uh, the risky business 928 that just sold? I don't know if you saw that or not. I did. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and, and it's I, ridiculous. I, it is. Mm-hmm. What? What? I forgot what it sold for, but it was up there. What? One point eight million. Okay, I right, think. Right. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Which you, you, I wouldn't recommend it. You could probably get one for twenty thousand now. <laughs> right. But if right. You want, uh, when when I got mine, you know, it was like twelve thousand dollars, and mm-hmm. like I said, I drove it for fifteen years, almost right. every day. I was car. I was commuting, and you know, it just makes. It made everything a little bit more special, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and that's what I enjoy about my my Alfa Romeo. It's like you, you go out, and I'm just making a run to Home Depot, but I get to do it in an Alfa Romeo from the the early '70s, and it's got a five speed transmission, and and it's a wood steering wheel, and it smells great, and it's carbureted, and it makes the right sounds and it just kind of it makes a it's like a little little um break in your day where you get to enjoy the car for for a few minutes ah got you no i get it absolutely we're going to take a quick moment and ask our listeners to please check out our sponsor gd hearing gd hearing provides options on ensuring not only your classic car but for all of your collectibles please check them out at gdhearing.com and we are speaking with chris bright of cpx car part exchange and and Chris, so how did um, how so how did you launch? Let, let's just ask you that question. How did you launch? Sure. Collector Part Exchange. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's actually pretty young. Even though we we started it, I, I um, in March of 2020, and you may have recalled, I started my other business right before the Great Recession. Right. Uh, we we started uh, working on collector part exchange in March of 2020, which is uh, an infamous, right. yeah, an infinite infamous month yeah. um, mm-hmm. in in our in our world's history. Right. And but to be honest with you when you're doing a startup, you're working from home anyway. And, uh, my business partner and I, he lived in Portland at the time. He's since relocated to Boston, but, um, we, we would, we just kind of bubbled together and we, we got, we researched the market and got the, we talked to a bunch of people and just did a lot of brainstorming and looking at what other people were doing and it, you know, developing a website, a, a bespoke website like this doesn't happen overnight. So right, right. Uh, my my business partner is really a, a great designer and product person, and he put a lot of thought into how the site should be designed. And, and the things we really wanted to focus on was simplicity, 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 because car people aren't always the most technical people or they don't want to be troubled with it. They just want something that's easy to use right. and gets the job done. Yep. Uh, they don't want to fuss. So right. we made it super easy and mm-hmm. simple to operate in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the old quote goes, if I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. Uh, gotcha. I, is, that, is that Abraham Lincoln? I think uh, somebody, somebody along those lines, gotcha. uh, yeah. uh, you know, has, has a quote to that effect. And, you know, so it, took a, it takes a lot of time to really slim something down and make it as really easy to operate and i know you've checked out the site yeah, we have and i was just going to comment it, it is easy yes absolutely yeah. right yep and 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 whether you're buying or selling you know it, you can do it from your smartphone and and so we spent a lot of time doing that so it just took a, a fair amount of time to let get that project and figure out who's going to build it for us and do all the business back-end stuff that isn't very sexy or exciting. Um, and then we started having a website at the beginning of this year, um, so at least a prototype. So we started talking to sellers. So we're what's called, I'm going to pull out a techie term, a two-sided marketplace. And, okay. and all that means is it's we don't hold inventory. We don't sell parts. What we do are invite sellers to come onto the site kind of like eBay, um, although eBay is still thought of as an auction site. When's the last time you bought anything on an auction uh, on eBay? It's basically just a store. Yeah. Um, and Or, you know, there's other ones like Etsy and things like that. So it's like you bring a bunch of buyers and sellers together and you just connect them and make them easy to find each other. Gotcha. And that's what collector part exchange is all about. So, but when you're, when you're building something like that, uh, you, you have to really put some inventory in there. So I went and just spent months calling around and calling folks in Europe and all over the world to tell them about collector part exchange. And actually people were super receptive about it. Um, so we, we, when we launched officially in June, uh, so we're only, I guess we're coming up on four months old, but in terms of a website and things, that's still like brand new baby. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, so the whole idea is just to try and get the word out and tell people about what we're up to. So, um, you know, and I appreciate you giving me a chance oh, to, to t- tell your, uh, your listeners about it because, um, you know, I think people inherently, if you're a car person, 
we've all probably shared the same frustration that I experienced and that was kind of the inspiration for this where you're trying to find a, something that you need for your car mm-hmm. and it's really hard to find and you might be able to find it but maybe it's a, a more modern remake or maybe you know it's something recently manufactured well that might not be good enough for your car you might want something absolutely original because right. that adds to the value of your car sure it does right yeah and and uh, the flip side of it is um you know, one of my maxims is whenever you buy a car you don't just buy a car you buy like 1.1 car so there's usually you get the car and then in the trunk of the car is about two boxes or three boxes of leftover parts that the previous owner chucks in there <laughs> right. and goes yep. oh gosh familiar with that I right I, I put a new center console in, but I kept the old one just mm-hmm. in case. So yep, that's, that's in the right. box in the back or, you know, <laughs> oh, I, I changed out something in the ignition system. And, you know, I kept the original part in case you want it, you know, and there's always like a bunch of bits and pieces that lie around that ultimately never get used, but you know, you don't want to check them out, but mm-hmm. somebody could use them. So, sure. you know, I want I want collective part exchange to be the place where hey, you've got a box of stuff in the back of your garage and you want to, want to not, dump it in the in the landfill put it up on collector part exchange and and offer it to other people in the hobby and it'll find a home there are always people looking for things yeah well and that's and that's a good and you know you talk about uh the kind of parts that we have on there and it seems like the just the nature of just good grace and timing on there that everybody's forced to be at home for the past Mm -hmm. for a period of time there so, and so I mean, you'd think they'd be disadvantaged, but hey, we're shipping everything to anybody. We're not going in person for a while there, so I'm going to start up a, a part car part exchange where you can do it all from home, and we can just ship right. it all to you. So it, exactly. it's kind of like you know the mother of invention that we were talking about there. And uh, so, what kind of uh, parts can be found on the exchange currently? Yeah. Well, it's um, there's a wide variety. I, I will say, um, you know, there's a, a an old saying that you can't boil the ocean. Uh, so um, we're trying to start with a little bit of a smaller focus. And and um, I would say any parts are welcome. So mm-hmm. let me first state that. And we have parts for all sorts of different cars, you know, from Z cars to American cars to you know, all sorts of uh, European stuff. But I'd say our main core right now are European kind of sports cars from mm-hmm. the 40s through the 80s. So, you know, your German, British, and Italian cars. So Mercedes and Audis and Jaguars and Austin Martins and uh, Austin Healy's and and Lamborghinis and launches and Alfa Romeos. Um, and, you know, because I just think that's a very fractured um, kind of the market that seemed uh, one that we could really focus on and build an audience with and kind of prove out the concept um, and, and kind of work out the kinks. Ultimately, we do want to serve all corners of the market, including we'll call them modern classics. You know, I think there's mm-hmm. uh, we were very deliberate in choosing the word collector uh, instead of vintage or classic car part or part exchange. Like mm-hmm. collector is pretty open ended. And 
um, you know, I was just at the, the Hershey fall meet and there's antique cars there. Well, I wouldn't mind having a bunch of Model T parts on the site. I think that would be a great use of time. And, sure. um, and, the, and folks could, that could really benefit people because one of the things with Hershey this year was the first, last year was the first time it had ever been canceled because of COVID. So this was the year back, but it was poorly attended. And part of that was the Europeans who normally come over for it. It's a huge show. They couldn't make it. But if you could list all of those same parts online, at least they would still have access to them and be able to find them. And, and I'll say, you know, the whole idea is to have a global exchange. You wouldn't believe the number of people from like Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, places that you don't really think of, but they've got an amazing collector car community, but they're fairly isolated. So they're really hungry to, be able to find parts uh, and we've got lots gotcha. of people who buy and and sell parts from those geographies which i i would have never anticipated that yeah i i know and you're right i wouldn't have either that's a good point huh right yeah. so it's like hey uh you know we're, we're all in this together and it's kind of a cool way to to meet people it's like hey there's uh, our very first sale was from a guy in denmark who found a magneto on, on our site and it was even before we were open uh but he it, it was still visible and he found it and he he said can i buy this part it's like hell yeah that's so, right there so we sold go. it and uh and we did a little happy dance um <laughs> you know so it's like and we have a lot of sellers one of the things that also surprised us is we a lot of sellers in europe were very interested in it because set for people who sell parts they're typically garage people not mm-hmm. internet people mm-hmm. um you know they're they're people who maybe owned a garage and then started collecting and accumulating parts and then that became their main business instead of their side business and um the, the idea of setting up an e-commerce site and managing that and all that is kind of a, a headache and that's why a lot of these parts are hard to find online because you know, I think we all, whenever we have a, a curiosity, whether it's a, a chicken recipe or a pair of athletic shoes, you start at Google and you just type. And and the same goes for car parts. Like if you're looking for something for your car, if I want something for my Alfa Romeo, um, the natural thing to do is to go into Google and just type in what you're looking for and see if it pops up. And one of the things we've designed Collector Part Exchange to do is work well with Google and Bing and all the major search engines. So mm-hmm. if somebody lists a part in our site, if you are, if someone is searching for that, it, they'll find it really quickly in, in the collector part exchange through just a, a general search engine. So for someone who's a seller, that's a, that's a pretty good deal because it's really hard to find new customers nowadays. And, and a lot of part sellers still operate on the phone. So if right. they can, start building a a customer base and meet their buyers where they are because increasingly everything's moving to online sales. It's kind of inevitable. Um, You know, there are generations of kids that don't even really know how to pick up a phone and call somebody and order (laughs) something, you know, so. That's disturbingly accurate. (laughs) You know, that was one, I saw a job, a job recruiter post. It's like things to teach your children. It's like, make them call somebody on the phone and ask for something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, but they just don't know how to do it. I mean, they True. literally don't know how to do it. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and we are getting younger buyers. A lot of them, like you were talking about COVID and people 
working on cars and it, that became a, a the hobby spiked in popularity and um, bring a trailer for example that I was talking about they've introduced a whole new generation of owners into the hobby and they're internet people they 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 if they had to call somebody to get a part they probably wouldn't even bother right so you know and and last but not least i i feel like i'm on a, on a little bit of a rant but um you know the the we want to support the sellers i really feel like they're the backbone of the hobby but mm-hmm. also the the repair shops and restoration shops who look after all of these cars they suffer looking for these parts like they typically have entire dedicated staff who search for parts for like if it's a is if it's a shop of any size like even my local me- mechanic who looks after my cars he probably says he spends three to four hours a day searching for parts for for the types of cars that he's servicing and that's you know that's not billable mm-hmm. so if we can help those people make mm-hmm. their businesses more successful um and make their time more efficient then i think um all of this keeps these parts in circulation, connects people, helps people, you know, rebuild cars that may not get rebuilt because they can do them a little bit more easily. I think if we can have collector part exchange become this center of one of the centers of the car community, then I'd be really excited about that because that's what it's really meant to be is to be of service to the entire hobby. That's that's what I was wanting. Mm -hmm. And so I just built something that I thought would be, useful well that and that's exactly answers a big question because if you watch some of these guys that have the little youtube channel mechanics and whatnot you know the biggest challenge is finding parts and Uh not outside of a dealership so where do i go to find parts well it seems before you came along it's mostly a mechanic network well i know Uh a guy that work that that used to work for a dealership but now he's over here with another company he can source these parts directly from europe or he can get them from uh asia but if i didn't know that guy i wouldn't know where to get this part outside of going to a dealership or contacting the manufacturer directly so this definitely sets up that that link there where even mechanics are like hey i just need to get the part Right. And I want to make sure it's an OEM part. So they can set their criteria of what they're looking for. Yeah. If it's OEM it, no. or this is a great substitute. It works for it, but you don't need the original. You just need this yeah. one. Yeah, there's and, – and one of the things that, that – that's what I really appreciate about, like, the what sets this apart because um, co-mingled. Like, if you're searching for a part, you might, like you were describing, go, oh, here's somebody who's kind of – remanufacturing them over in Asia right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's somebody who is from the original factory and has, you know, his dad had a shop and now he's, he's got NOS parts, you know? So, okay, that might be good. Or there might be some guy and there's tons of these guys. They're just little hobbyists and they go, they feel, figured out how to recondition magnetos. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, some certain type of car or whatever, a Rolls Royce just as an example and uh, you know he he does it this is a service to his friends but that might be exactly what you want you have the original part that came with the car and you send it to this person and it costs you know 50 bucks and he sends it back in a couple of days because he can just kind of like clean the brushes or do whatever and 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 now you get the it's the same exact part that you always had just you know made made new again and you know those people are super hard to find so 
then you would have all of the options in front of you. And that, that's, that's kind of the, the dream state for, for CPX is to go, okay, hey, here's, here's somebody who remanufactures them. Here's somebody who has NOS. Here's somebody who refurbishes old stuff. You know, and in some of these parts, they aren't even available. And in some future state, it'll take a while for us to actually man- make this happen. Mm-hmm. I can imagine, oh, guess what? Um, I need this exhaust manifold for, you know, whatever, my 56 Buick. And uh, someone goes and 3D prints it in a metal forge. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's just like on-demand parts creation, you know, and it sounds crazy and jetson like but like that technology literally exists today and people are doing it mm-hmm. and that would be another option because you know maybe a, a buick part wouldn't be so rare or hard but gosh you can certainly imagine some 1920s pre-war car where there were only five of them made and if you could like take somebody's existing part scan it and then create a new part that's an exact replica of the original that's a pretty good Sure. Uh, solution for everybody and yep. it's a lot easier than trying to like go and work with a metal fabrication shop in some cases so right. you know right. there, there's just uh, it opens this whole world of possibilities of mm-hmm. uh you know how things things that aren't possible or but are becoming possible and i think you know if we can if we can help connect this this side of the hobby which is kind of messy mm-hmm. and 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 hard to wrangle. Right. Um, I, I think car dealers, there's enough money in them where there, there's a lot of incentive to be able to have a successful car site and things like that. But parts aren't as attractive to people, but it's a huge business. And, and you know, none of these cars exist without having these types of parts and services available to, that, to, to keep them on the road. Yeah. And I guess that also touches, like, you led into what we were – I was going to ask is, uh, do you have other things other than just the car parts on there? Cause it sounds like services, parts services kind of, that would fall under of or rebuild or things like that. Or what are the things are on the site? Other Sure. Yeah. Um, well, that's exactly right. There's, we've got several people who do, uh, interiors and upholstery and custom manufacturer. And, and these are probably things that you wouldn't, you know, use for your normal daily driver they're for more collectible cars like oh there's a guy who will make um interiors for your ferrari daytona you know and he's got the original patterns and original materials but that's on the site right you know and if you're if you've got a daytona that you're trying to get ready for a show or or you know kind of recommission he's he's the guy he's the one you want to talk to and 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 so there's those types of folks who do her who had that type of service and one of the things that I'm starting to see more and more on there is automobilia. So I think that's, that's really fun, you know, signs and books and um, manuals and all sorts of things, you know, there's tons of uh, Ferrari manuals and things like that, that that come in these cool leather pouches and they're all fancy. It's like, I kind of want one of those. I have no need for it, but (laughs) they look cool. And, you know, things like um, we've got a, a few people who are listing project cars. So I don't want to g- compete with car sellers or things like that. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are doing that and they're really good at it and we don't need to reinvent that. Um, uh, but if someone has 
a car project that's maybe a barn find or something that they got halfway finished and just ran out of time or gas or energy or whatever. Um, they can throw it up there and it's really meant for non-running cars or maybe it's incomplete. It's like, okay, I've got some cars for this old Italian sports car, but it it's missing a transmission, but here it is. If you want mm-hmm. it, call me that kind of thing. So I think that's kind of a fun category. And, sure. um, you know, it, the other thing that I would like to see, and it kind of goes back to a little bit of what I was talking about, and it isn't there yet, but I, I've had some people kind of talk to me about it very openly, is a, lo- a lot of folks who started these parts businesses, are they're starting to get up there in years. You know, they're in their 70s, and they, they're, they're looking for a way to retire, and they, they don't really know how to do it because there's not – maybe they don't have a kid who got into it. So how, how do you take a – you know, a vintage Alfa Romeo parts business and find somebody to buy that stuff from you right. in bulk, not yep. sell it off one by one. It's like, you want to be done with this thing. This so, gives you that option to say, Hey, here's our yeah. swap meet so I can get this liquidated. Exactly. Yeah. I like, and we could have like a special board where it's like, Hey, you know, business, businesses available and just kind of like talk, you know, put those things out so that, you know, I, I really, want these folks to have their life's work honored first mm-hmm. of all and secondly like what they have is truly you know probably more than its weight in gold and yeah. worth more than its weight in gold and to to somebody and you know it's so tragic because i hear stories of oh well you know the guy let let him kind of sit and they rotted in place and they all went you know they brought the scrap uh, hauler in and and just kind of like dumped them out and it's like it just breaks your heart right because mm-hmm. there's somebody who wants that that part um and before you and, they wouldn't have that ability they wouldn't know that it's out yeah, there now they yeah, just come so, to cpx and there yeah, it is so we want to we want to create like kind of like a little it, I, I don't know if we put prices on that it might just be more like a brokering thing and and uh, you know it I, I want this to be a successful business. I'm not, this isn't a charity. Um, however, uh, I think it can be very successful and be extremely fair for everybody mm-hmm. involved. And what, like, in order to sell a part, I think eBay, they say their commission is 10%. But when you talk to people who really sell on eBay, once you kind of get through all the nickel and diming and stuff that they do, it's more like 15, 20, or even 25% ultimately. So mm-hmm. our, we're building our system to operate on a 5% commission. And, gotcha. you know, because I think, I think that's, and only when the item sells, there's no listing fee. So if you went to your garage and had 20 parts that you dug up and wanted to put them up on CPX, knock yourself out. It won't cost you a penny. And it, when it sells, uh, we take 5%, gotcha. you know, and, yep. and I think, and that, that doesn't, disincentivize somebody oh, from using not. it right? right you know it's like oh five percent that that, yeah. that seems that seems fair exactly. you know so yeah no, that's very um, fair because so, somebody yeah, has to host it somebody's putting in the the all everything that goes on to hosting a business like that so and it's extremely yeah. fair especially uh with with needing the part having the accessibility the visibility and the ease mm-hmm. of use it's worth it it's worth it yeah I hope so. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, since we're just getting started, it's going to take a while for it to really build the inventory and get the audience and things like that. But we are, we've got more than a hundred 
people signed up to sell things and from all over the world. Uh, and that's kind of fun. And uh, from all sorts of different makes and, and uh, models and things like that right. and eras. So um, it's been really fun to kind of like see people catch on to it and really get involved with it. And we're, we're doing some things, you know, like I said, we're still figuring out things that need to get improved and we're just, trying to work with people on helping them. We've got a lot of folks who use eBay who are over it, over eBay. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. So, so they, you know, and one of the things that I'll also say, you know, is uh, one of the things that, and, and I didn't design it to like be anti-eBay, but it's kind of one of the things that drives me bananas about eBay, and I'm using my, my clean, family-friendly language, mm-hmm. is... Uh, um, when you go on there and you search for something very specific, like, you know, I need a part for my, uh, an alternator for my Alfa Romeo, for example. And I put that in and I, and eBay comes up and I get about two pages worth of floor mats and license plate holders and, and parts that are in no way remotely associated with an Alfa Romeo, but someone has paid to sponsor that and position Mm -hmm. that stuff in there. Um, one of the one of the core things that I, I I view as an inviolable rule of CPX is we don't like have advertising or promoted content on there. If you're looking for something and you type it in, I want the top things to be what you're looking for. No ifs, ands, or buts because it you're busy. You don't want that other stuff. In fact, it actually actively irritates you so hey we'll just show you what you're looking for and not try and monetize your eyeballs as they say in the tech world you know it's like hey you know it's like if we can just build something that's of service to the community which i believe we're doing um i think people will and, and we stay true to that mission like if we stay true to that um you know i i hope it just everybody appreciate it for what it is and and starts finding value in it and you know lists their parts and buys their parts there and right. hopefully a lot of people that they already use will be there mm-hmm. and if not they'll they'll join us too because you know it, we're cheaper than building your own website so a lot of these businesses actually are using uh, collector part exchange as their quote-unquote homepage, like they can direct people just to all their items on online oh, there you go. via our store so gotcha. yeah well no, that's great no so i know this is gonna sound crazy we're actually 47 minutes into this podcast it seems like 15 minutes so we do have a closing question for you here all right that's all right and it, like that, I said, that time flew i, Boy, I, know, well, I know yeah yeah and this has been fantastic <laughs> you'll have to have me back it, oh, well, oh absolutely will. we're gonna have you back uh, <laughs> make no mistake about it is this the gotcha question no this well you you can have the gotcha okay question i'll, I'll, I'll ask you one more here this yeah, is yes. a real quick one so okay, two more questions yeah, okay we'll so, do two so, so, <laughs> so real quick how how are you promoting cpx and sure. what websites can people refer to to find you sure um you can always find us at uh, collectorpartexchange.com and i emphasize that it's part is singular it's not parts because okay. when you type out the URL for and you accidentally <laughs> call it parts exchange, right. you see what the S in front of exchange right. looks like, and you I can't you. unsee it. Yeah, so uh, we're right. we're collector part exchange, <laughs> and you. Um, uh, you know if you're if you're curious about us, go check it out, sign up, or just sign up for our newsletter. I post a, a 
there's a newsletter that goes out every Monday. I'm working on it uh, right now. And um, we, we do promote ourselves through some print ads like in sports car market and classiccars.com. Gotcha. We do a lot of digital promotion because um, that just works better. People are a little, if they read it online, then they're probably a little bit more digitally minded. So um, they'll, ha- they'll, they'll be a little more, uh, eager to check it out and okay. you know when i'm re- when i'm reading a magazine i'm not necessarily near my computer so but if i'm if i see an email come in i'll definitely click that so we do a lot of digital um uh, advertising through magazine uh uh send lists and things like that like classic uh let me see classic and sports car and mm-hmm. and, and all the like the kind of major uh, collector car magazines in that area um we're getting involved with some community forums. As I mentioned, I'm uh, on Alpha BB, which is the main online forum for Alpha Romeos. We do some advertising in there and um, going to events. So, so far in the last uh, bit, I've been going to, like, I was just back from, I'm just back from Hershey today for the um, Antique Auto Club of America fall meet and uh, just going out to events, whether they're local or national. I was down in Monterey in August and, and all over the place. So gotcha. it's it's actually been super fun to nice. go out to all of these a- events and, and meet people. Right. So, absolutely. yeah, yeah, just check out, you know, if you're curious about what you're out or, wanna, or what we're about, go, go to the website. Or I'd encourage you when you go to the website, you can just put in your email and get the newsletter. And that'll keep you apprised of all the stuff gotcha. that's going on with, with the site. and. Um, we, one of the things we put in every week is we, uh, we call it the objects of desire. We, we handpick like, uh, eight, eight or 10 cool items that, that are relatively recent in the store and kind of call them out. It's like, Hey, check this out. Here's a, here's a, uh, chassis for, a, an old Ferrari. Don't you want that? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Absolutely. No doubt. So, oh, that's so great. yeah, no, this, that, that's great. So Chris, yeah. I have, and, and we'll, we'll be oh, doing more as we get as we go along. But uh, you know, we're just trying to build into it slowly. I, yeah. I, having been an entrepreneur for a long time, it's like there's no overnight success. You've got to just do the hustle and kind of That's like right. grind it out. Yeah, it yeah, takes a got, long sure. You got to get the word out, and I got to admit, I mean, to, to I mean, obviously, we want CPX to be the Amazon of car parts, right? So yeah, just yeah. steer all your attention to to, to CPX and. Hopefully, uh, uh, it'll for the enthusiast and the auto automotive collector, and you know it'll be a nice, easy, uh, and simple because I'm a simple guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, simple, simple ground to do. So no, that's that's great. Cool. So and Chris, I, okay, so what do you got for me? I've here? got okay. This I'm, is I'm actually a little anxious about this. <laughs> no, actually, this is the this is a question that I uh, asked one of our more high our. Uh, one of, a very high-profile fella, and I thought he was going to hang up the phone on us. And he went, really? I went, well, yeah. And it lit him up. He's like, well, nobody's ever asked me that. So We're speaking about Wayne Carini when we did our podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, this is going to either be good or he's just going to think, you guys, you're a clown. And he said, hey, that was pretty fun. So I'd like to ask you, what car did you drive for your driver's test? A 1980. Dodge Colt, oh. which was actually a Mitsubishi. Uh-huh. Um, yep. Yeah, it was a Mitsubishi hatchback. That's right. Yep, that was that was my car. It was a five-speed. I have a funny story about it, if you'll indulge me. Yeah, of course. So, um, when 
I, I have a lovely family. I was just visiting them and we're all very close. My parents, I have an older brother who's four years, my senior mm-hmm. and, uh, and then, you know, then me. And then when I was 16 or approaching 16, my parents had an oopsie and my little <laughs> sister was on the way. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, so it's like, Hey, uh, it was cool. Very, very happy. Uh, you know, it was a bit of a shock to the system. Of course, you know, right. They were, they were ready to be empty nesting. And then it's like, Oh, guess what? We got a do over here. <laughs> right. But anyhow, uh, so my, my sister was coming along and my 16th in Pennsylvania, where I grew up, you could get your driver's license on your, birthday your 16th birthday mm-hmm. so i got my i had already pre-tested for it so i had it so once my birthday i could start using it so my birthday comes around and my mom has uh she's about seven months pregnant at this point with my little sister and we're driving to a doctor's appointment i'm just kind of diddling along and she stops the car in the middle of a country farm road and goes it's your turn to drive nice. and and uh, so my pregnant mom waddles around to the passenger seat and I drive, and, you know, I wasn't terrible, but right. you know, it's like your first time behind the wheel. It's a little stressful <laughs> and we roll up and it was my mom's kind of like just regular checkup, um, gotcha. mama checkup. Right. And they, they take her blood pressure and they think she has this thing called preeclampsia, which is like uh, from high blood pressure, like it's a very dangerous condition for pregnant women. So they were about ready to like admit her to the uh, emergency room. And she goes, hold off a minute. I just let my 16 year old son drive me to this appointment. So nice. I think I have a better explanation. And and so it was. So. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Was <laughs> hey, that your first time driving a five speed as well then? I mean, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, right. Right. I had played around. I had practiced using the clutch and, and all that in the driveway, but I hadn't driven on open roads. So, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> that's I, a great story. Yeah. Right. So that, that was a really, really funny one that, uh, uh, you know, thankfully, my I mean, I don't know what my mom was thinking, to be honest with you, but uh, it makes for a funny story. Now. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. That is great. That's a typical right. growing up in the country story. Boy, time for you to drive. Yeah, that's right. What? <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> Help. That's, I wasn't expecting this, but okay. <laughs> Well, Chris, buddy, thank you so much for joining us here this evening. And uh, I definitely want to thank Cindy Meidel of Car PR USA for introducing us. Uh, this has certainly been a great time learning all about CPX. And uh, we will certainly subscribe uh, to it and uh, definitely check it out. And we'll do, do our best to send as much business your way, my friend. That's great. Great. Well, it was great meeting you guys. I really well. enjoyed it. I love yep. your podcast. Well, so thank thanks you. for having me. Oh, and yeah. I, uh, I hope I can uh, meet you in person, and I hope I can uh, come back again someday. Oh, oh, we will. We'll we look forward to having you yeah, back. We'd like to hear more success stories. Is this? I know mean, you're in your genesis doing this, so uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, get you back because I think there's a couple more questions we'd like to obviously ask. But um, and for our listeners of the podcast, like us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe so you're notified of new shows, and uh, please leave us a review. Remember to check out our website www.theclassiccarcorner.com. And if you or someone you know would like to join our podcast, please reach out to us as we are always delighted to talk with fellow enthusiasts. And thanks for listening. Until next time, happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.